Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. This week, we dive in with the first part of our Q&A episode. As you may have gathered from both the length of this episode as well as its title, this Q&A is going to go on for more than one episode. We had so many questions that came in that we wanted to give as much time as we could to those and do the questions that we did answer justice. So look forward to a second installment of that Q&A coming up next week. That being said, there's not really a whole lot to say before we dive in, except that I did want to express one more time my immense gratitude to everyone who supported the show over the years and to all of our listeners and backers over on Patreon. Thank you so much. We couldn't have done this without you. I hope you enjoy this Q&A. It's a little loose and a little silly, but it's nice to get to show you all that part of ourselves. Dig in. Hello, and welcome to the series finale question and answers episode of Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson. That's cool. That's cool about you, Quinn. Hi, Quinn. It's so nice to meet you. It's good that you get to finally be yourself. Yeah, I finally get to be myself. Not you guys. Not a character. Finally get to be dicks. We <laughs> do not have that much time Giddy to do this. <laughs> All right, fine. I won't do any dumb business. My Look, name is Chanel. I'm not saying that there's not time for dumb business. I'm just saying wait, till, wait for the questions. All right. It's me. It's your boy, John. It's your girl, Joe. If you didn't know that for some reason... I'm sorry that you've wound up here. I'm so sorry. You are apparently lost. You should have turned left right after the bathrooms, and apparently you turned right. But we've got a hell of a lot of questions, and we're going to get through what we can. Some through Twitter, some, hey, came through email. We even got one on our Discord server. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Mm. Thanks. I try to be on that Discord server, but then sometimes I get busy, Yeah, and then I don't. I apologize. Oh, Discord I always people. read the Discord. I just don't say anything, but know that I'm there. I read Long time lurker, first time poster. Yeah. I read the Discord and I react with like hearts and the pointing that implies this. I don't go on it because it's on my computer and I don't like to turn my computer on. Isn't that a mood? Okay, question yeah. one. Question one from Jeremiah at ZyloJW. Do our heroes wear pajamas at night or do they sleep in their adventuring gear? Same question but for seven symphonious chords. Well, Ashamast, as we all know, canonically sleeps in like a camping t-shirt and boxers with little like teddy bears and hearts on them. Yeah, Goldie wears her adventure clothes, except she takes off her sweater, usually because it's really fucking hot if a literal bear is sleeping cuddled up on you. Uh, Rizzo wears pajamas, but she also is always wearing pajamas underneath her armor. Uh, so she kind of just, uh, goes down to the bottom layer, which can't go wrong with wearing pajamas everywhere. 24 seven ready for a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Those pajamas, by the way, smell rank. (laughs) Yep. She doesn't wash them. Yeah. Same pajamas all the time. We don't have time. Disgusting. You think we can do laundry and save the world? No. One or the other. And to answer the question about seven symphonious chords, it's not even a difficult thing for me to think about. He definitely sleeps in the nude. I was going to say full nude. Full nude. (laughs) If he didn't, I would have been surprised. He's always ready with his killing intent, but he sleeps in the nude. Yeah. All right. One of a number of questions from Ludo. Which side plot slash side story did you want to explore and ended up giving up on the way to wrap up the main plot? I don't know if we necessarily gave up on it, but I know I was in talks of going back to the 
land or I guess water sea adventure where Ariston was from. And we also had like a lot of talks on how we were going to play the family members and stuff like that, which was going to be really cool. I'm also just really into underwater stuff. So I thought that was going to be really cool. Yeah, I fucking hate water, but I was really looking forward to going to Ariston's town. But I'm really happy with the way that we wrapped it up using Rob. So thank you, Rob. You were a great means to an end. (laughs) As always. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely something that I had a lot of sort of energy around and Mm -hmm. was excited to try out. Also, if you listen to the Monster Hearts, I really like just playing characters where I can try to riff off whatever accent Alex is doing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's great. It's honestly great. But what Rob gave us was really, really great. I was also really looking forward to developing a lot of the stuff and the tension between Seven Symphonious Chords and Godwin and Mm. his sister. Yeah. uh, We had to wrap before Lenny had a chance to come back and finish that. And that always make me kind of sad john yeah well i mean i showed up at the end so there was nothing really yeah i had you you really did come onto the project when we were like we gotta Uh, we gotta start moving on this thing we need to get this done asap yeah i was like here's a couple character hooks but don't worry about me i'm cool (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to it in the next one you're always cool it's super cool richard kreutzlandry asks on a scale of none to making himself a member's only jacket out of them how many units will believing be cutting off in the epilogue to all this none yeah um well i mean if it's if it's a member's only jacket for him then it could just be one or even like half believing would not ever actually cut off a penis it was to like make him appear tough it was to show his relationship with harmonious accord and that believing wants to be cool. You would yeah. done it if we let him. No, I, I don't. I definitely think that believing is the kind of character who would absolutely chicken out in the process of trying to do that. <laughs> like, wouldn't even know where to actually start if it got to there. He just picked up a lot of salty language. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm going to have to give you a demerit, Richard, for making that horrible members only pun. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Labresh at Leviathan Files asks, what's one thing about the show and your performance that you're proud of that you wish more people would see? What's your favorite thing that your fellow castmates do in their role play? Uh, well, I mean, my favorite thing that my fellow castmates do in their role play is cry. Mm. Just like a little bitty baby. <laughs> Fuck you, John. Uh, no, actually, that I mean... That really is, I think, my favorite thing is the genuine emotion that gets poured into a lot of the stuff that happens that really makes those scenes pop more than they would otherwise. And I don't do that because my soul is dead and I have no emotion. I like that everybody seems to be on the same page. So when we're all riffing, it's like we're all riffing on the same page and we can go on that riff and create something beautiful. And I don't know how much of it actually ends up making it, but I don't know. I like those moments for me. Uh, a fair those bit. Those are me moments. Sometimes yeah. if it's not completely relevant to the narrative, I'll just... I mean, most of the time they're not. <laughs> throw it in the big old bloopers file. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes we just all start singing Some the same things. song yeah, or I mean, whatever. Great That's, things have come from there. So sometimes there's just bits. Really into that. Sometimes so, bits happen. Sometimes we all play 185. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah, that makes me happy, especially with the number of cast changes that we've had. Mm-hmm. It's always been like, oh, okay, we got to like shift the composition here. I sure hope that there's chemistry and flow between everyone. Right. Because like Sean and Josette came on around the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, Chanel and Josette know each other. And John and Josette know each other. 
and I know all of them, mm-hmm. but what about the unknown variables? How is this going to work? Right. And it was really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's really nice. I also think that open communication is something that is a prelude to role play, but which helps create that sort of emotional openness. And I really appreciate that as well as the ability sometimes to sort of call time out on a scene and be like, okay, hey, what are what are you angling at here? Like, what do we want to get out of this scene? <laughs> Where are you going with Where, this? Like, yeah. yeah. We've struggled with that in the past. Yeah, it's a skill that we've developed, but yeah. that you better be going somewhere with this counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you play a good game, boy. And then what's that personal thing? What's that thing about your performance that you're proud of that you wish more people would see? I wish they could see the physicality in my performance, really. <laughs> is the main issue are you talking about how you have to like scrunch up your face to not laugh at chanel's super on point jokes like youths (laughs) there's a lot of points where i will just like leave the microphone vicinity and be like yeah that is genuinely something sometimes i wish that uh, we were more able to share with the audience in part because there's just some editing tone stuff where it's like maybe it doesn't work right here but Mm -hmm. then sometimes you leave a little bit in there but like there have been times like long stretches of time where i think i've seen john and josette both pulled away with their faces just completely contorted (laughs) trying not to crack and the problem is of course seeing the other person trying not to crack just makes it worse for you Mm -hmm. yeah it's like the whole syndrome of like finding something really funny in the library and you just know you can't laugh at it Mm -hmm. It makes it like that much or when someone tells you hey stop laughing and then it makes you laugh harder oh yeah Yeah. yes also john and josette do pretty consistently visually fuck with each other over the course of recording it's very true Uh, there have been many times where I've been like pretty deep in a scene and then I've like turned around and it's gone. What are you what are you kids doing? What, what? Sit down. And I'm like, nothing. Like the kid who puts clearly... Nerf gun away. Nothing. Actually. <laughs> Erases dry erase board quickly. For me though, like Chanel's instincts are so amazing. Like that's my favorite thing about you like in terms of like your role-playing performance because like you as a person are super kind and you're on point and you're making faces like this is not true but it is like you're super compassionate and like if i'm having a bad depression day i know i can be open with you people and you're not going to be like well why don't you just try to be happier Mm. and oh honey Exactly, and so like, and if I'm having a day where I'm like, God, it's so hard being in the closet. Back when I was in the closet, like you guys were understanding about that, and we're like, it's okay, we love you. Yeah, Uh, I think that's also like I would say in part to Quinn too, because Quinn's always made sure that we've had a safe space, and I know I can roll along with that because even before you know, Alex and Lenny have gone through shit. mm -hmm. You know, while you know we're all at this age where we're actively going through shit in our lives Mm -hmm. and we're i don't know able to talk about it and we have this space where we can so we can also acknowledge that we're all going through shit and we've all been through it at different times so we can help out and then also know when to not press press take your mind off of something ask a little bit less just kind of feel the room and i think that everybody here and who has been on here for the most part can help enforce that and that's what i really enjoy because i think even in our last recording like i straight up was like i'm having a very shit day and you guys were like okay cool and then as soon as i got here it was like let's 
we know it's not time to ask about it. And then it was like, you know, I was able to let go, reassess what I was going through and then handle it from there. But I could mentally unplug in this room like as a little kind of hot it's a little um, bubble. A hot bubble. Yeah, it's, it's a, a hot miserably bubble. hot bubble. This bubble will make you steam. Oh my um, god. I'm wearing a polo shirt that does not breathe <laughs> and I am dying. Yeah, we've been in here for 15 minutes. Oh yeah, it's good. But that means a lot to hear. Like I've definitely tried to work on cultivating that sort of thing, uh that sort of space at all the tables I play in, but particularly here, like it's really really important to me that when you're coming here to do stuff, again, it's like you don't need to talk about it if something's going on, but if something is going on, yeah. It's important, and like it's important, like you're like I'm just in a bad mood, like yeah. That way, we can all sort of work with you and and acknowledge exactly. It doesn't need to be like all about that thing, but it helps actually shape how you interact. Yeah, so that way we're not like being a dick for no reason. Like, why are you being a dick? I'm gonna be a bitch to you because you're being a bitch. Yeah, that's never happened in here because we're very clear about these things and about our emotions Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah, except for Jonkus. Yeah, well, never had that problem. Yeah. No, yeah. I've never had the problem of emotions. No, mm-hmm. uh, that's that pesky, pesky problem. Um, I mean, being the minority of the only white hetero male on this <laughs> podcast, I'm glad that this is a safe space that I can exist in. Yeah. <laughs> there are so few for your kind. I yeah. know, especially in the podcast world. Oh, I'm yeah. real glad that you could make this space You're a for dime me. A dozen. Um, <laughs> but something that I think does tie into that is. I think that our best performances happen, and John touched on this, is when we can be vulnerable emotionally. And if you can't talk about what's going on mm-hmm. and you can't be open about like, hey, this is where I'm sitting right now, mm-hmm. how are you going to be able to open up and be vulnerable? Right. You guys also make a home that is this way too. Like, even if we're not recording and we're not in our sacred room, like I know that like if I need to say something beforehand or if I need to vent to something because I understand that you guys are on the same level, that helps me personally and when I start recording because this is what, that's what Rizzo is. That's the exact thing what Rizzo is and she is here to make sure that everybody is feeling good, doing the good things, doing the right things and if someone needs help to do those right things, she'll help that person do the right things. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in that mindset, I could not make a choice that Rizzo should have made, you know. Yeah, really that's coming over here character. is a lot like just going to an olive garden because when you're here <laughs> you're family oh yeah i mean when you're here you are family because i am going to try to feed you until you explode it's true it's very true <laughs> also we slather ourselves in olive oil every morning just i'm a i'm a hot pasta man i put it on before bed but that's just me <laughs> me and my big city pasta yeah big city pasta i am most proud of that scene in the pagoda in which Goldie cries, but I do not want more people to hear it because <laughs> my parents did not raise me to like think that crying was okay, like ever. <laughs> my sister broke her arm and like didn't think that it was okay to cry until basically the point in the hospital when she found out that it wouldn't be fixed in time for her to go to nationals. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, asking like, oh, what's the thing that you're most proud of is really difficult oh, because. Me. I'm the only one who's been here for every single piece of it. Um, Chanel's been here for a hell of a lot of it, but there was like that first season for eight months. And like, there's, there's so many things that have happened and so many different shifts that have happened. I'm really glad that we've been able to keep the show happening through Mm -hmm. a lot of cast changes and stuff and to keep the sort of tone and like core idea of the thing moving. I'm also really, really proud of the way in season two that that conflict with the realm developed in part being very much about these 
very different cultural ideas about what things are and having people sort of talking past each other because they think that they know what a word means, but it means something very different to the people that they're talking to. Mm -hmm. And then also there's some NPCs that people just really glommed onto, like Yorglip. And I'm very, very proud of that because I think that Yorglip works in part because of that vulnerability stuff. He's not just like, oh, hey, silly, funny pants times. Like there's a real sort of painful emotional core there. Wish we also got into that. Works on some like social commentary stuff. It's there's a lot of stuff going on there with toxic masculinity and stuff. It's just really hard for me to pick like one thing. Anyone else got thoughts? That's been a lot of thoughts. That has yeah. been a lot of thoughts. That was a long question. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm at the beach with all these thoughts. Oh, dang, I'm on thought patrol. Oh, shit. <laughs> so let's then take a a quick break to touch back to Ludo's other question. I thought, you, I thought we were going to do a quick break to get our sponsor. <laughs> do you need a mattress <laughs> and some stamps? Check out these YouTube videos from popular YouTuber Ligma Pauls. <laughs> but Ludo asks, hot chicken wing flavored Oreos or wasabi flavored Oreos? Hot chicken wing, please. Wasabi. Definitely the hot chicken wing. Now, I'm a big spice baby. I hate anything that is the hotness, but I need to know how they get that chicken flavor in Mm -hmm. there, if they get that chicken flavor, because they could have just put like, it's buffalo sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a danger, I think, when companies try to, to sell like a complicated flavor. They're like, it's apple pie or a raspberry shake. Are you sure you're not just doing... The base flavor, is that just apple? Is that just raspberries? Yeah. Does this just taste yeah. like Frank's Red Hot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like injected into some Oreo cream? Is there also a, a chicken flavor as well? So you have to have right, yeah. like, could, now if You they, need that umami under there. Now, if they umami. did take just that Frank's Red Hot and put it in the cream, you could scrape that cream off. Now, you put that in between two chicken and a biscuit crackers. You eat that mm. motherfucker, you're you're going to the races. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with hot chicken wing because the way that wasabi spice hits you, if they got the wasabi spice right, you're it's going to kick up into your palate, fucked. and I don't want to feel like my open palate is being flooded with Oreo crumbs. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, like, that's what I, that's why I need to eat it, though, because I need to know, like, did they get wasabi right? Am I going to, like, just <laughs> <laughs> when I eat this cookie? That's a good that's a good thing to know. It is. Yeah. Um I wanna know about these strangers like me. Tyler Beckett at Tyler Beckett 4 asks, When did world building begin for this project? What was the first idea nugget that led to everything else? Yeah, what's that nug? What is the nugget? So there's a significant amount of world building that is done just in the, the base products, but also basically every piece of setting except for Great Forks that we went to, I developed myself. The Bull of the North was a canon character that I only took what there was explicit text about in the third edition book and then built everything else out from there. And so like really looking at when did Zhao Wei happen, which is sort of where I, I started the more intense personal world building. I asked people what game we wanted to do for this show. Mm-hmm. Like we were going through that and people are like, oh, hey, well, Quinn, w- what are you excited about? What do you want to do? I'm like, are you sure about that? Like Exalted <laughs> Third Edition just came out and they're like, yeah, sure. That sounds fine. No, we didn't know any better. We were just like, <laughs> all right, dude, whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, I'm like, if you want to do that. Okay, cool. And then 
I basically did a quick rundown of like the basic ideas of the different directions and the way that the climates there work and the slightly northeast came up and I just started spitballing cool things that could exist there and that basic image of hey here's this big weird city in a bowl between two miles wide trees i think we said something foresty was on the list of things that we wanted yeah so that's kind of how Just it... a few little pieces that you webbed together yeah and then kind of constantly poking at building things elsewhere i do a lot of stewing about things or not stewing, but like I just let things percolate a lot of the time. Like I just thought about the Taiga Folk and the Ice Walker conflict for quite a while. And there's like a lot of weird little world building things that never came up. And that's fine because it's not about what actually shows up. It's about putting the thought in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a quick transition to one of our two emails. Ooh. This comes from Rob Stith, <laughs> who asks, why is Goldie like she is? <laughs> You, Rob. <laughs> Parentheses. This is a joke, but not. Um, Goldie is the way that she is because I used to get into a lot of fights, which I don't anymore because Quinn is a pacifist, and it took a lot of work to not like have the knee jerk reaction of I'm just going to beat the shit out of you because I don't have the words to talk this through. And I kind of wanted a character who had that similar thing because for the longest time, I didn't feel like it was an option to change. So I wanted to be an example that I didn't have for myself when I was making that change. Fuck yeah. And I think that it really, really came through at the end there. Like, Mm -hmm. In the pagoda as well, but that last interaction that Goldie has with Languishing Diatribe was just, like, such a good pin on that arc and that sort of capacity for change. I'm still really bad at talking, though, uh, (laughs) as y'all will see in our next project, in which so far my uh, playtest characters have been super aggressive while not at all trying to be. (laughs) So this is an interesting question that I think some discussion can happen around. Swallows is strongly centered around the group dynamic within the circle. This is still from Rob, by the way. With the huge casting shakeups, how the all caps fuck did you all keep the show both healthy and still itself? I... Well, I think a lot of that really uh, sits on my shoulders. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely brought a lot of stability. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of uh, cohesion. Yeah. This podcast. Yeah. This basically... I mean, when I was showing up, you guys were fucking crumbling. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. We were falling at the fingertips. Oh, yeah. Hardly had any teeth. Yeah. yeah. It's real bad. I'm mm-hmm. glad I could be there for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we would have done without you, John. Oh, I know. One of the things that was very important to me that has already been sort of a recurring theme about this was communication. Just being really upfront about, hey, so this is a transition. What do we want to get out of this? How do we want to keep things moving? Mm-hmm. How do we want to shift things? How do we want to keep it moving? It's just... Where we Being go really next? explicit, honestly, since I was the person who like was reaching out to people when casting changes were happening, choosing only to collaborate with people that I trusted. Do I know that I'm going to be comfortable bringing you into this space or do I think that we can develop that kind of rapport yeah. as opposed to reaching out to any old goober? Mm-hmm. Very specific goobers were reached out to. Yeah, <laughs> I I picked my goobers and, you know, I think that that was a, a big thing and... I get, like, luck, I think, is also a big part of it. Like, just with all those big changes, Mm -hmm. we we got lucky that we were able to 
keep the thing still moving mm-hmm. and that level of continuity that we were able to maintain of like having characters stick through because we had like especially with Ariston and Godwin we had both of them head out within like I think four to six weeks of each other yeah but we were able to have Rizzo stay constant Goldie was absorbed into the group and like integrated yeah and then we were able to like roll ash and mask mm-hmm. after that so there was that continuity that constant sort of yeah building. it wasn't like one episode three people left at the same time and then that was it like we were able mm-hmm. to phase people in and out like a wave right well, i also think it was just good determination on you guys's part to not let it die because i know there are so many podcast projects and things out there where even when things are going well, they'll just be like, this is too much work and fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. And to be like, we're going through huge cast shakeups and all sorts of like timing issues as far as when you can record and to be like, no, this story is important enough to stick it out, I think is a big thing for like why it still happens. Oh, shucks. Dork. So, yeah, I don't know if anyone else has anything to say on that with your experience of going through those changes, those transitions. Well, I think from a narrative standpoint, like when you include the prologue, Rizzo is the main character. She goes off on Rizzo's quest. And I think that it's just narrative wise, like even if it wasn't the most logical or like sensible thing we made it make sense (laughs) like quinn made it make sense and i think having that through line was really really helpful to be able to be like okay here's this sort of core relationship that's driven the whole thing Mm -hmm. it hasn't been front and center the whole time but it's been this underlying undercurrent to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and being able to have that as a core was really really helpful and then again being sort of explicit about that as the transitions were happening like okay we had godwin and ariston leave and like all right so how do we make sense of how this keeps moving forward and it's like rizzo has really anchored this whole thing oh yeah right i mean i know for my part i was like when i'm bringing in this character i want to make someone specifically that will just yes and anyone Mm. and be like hey we're going on an adventure and they won't be like Fuck your adventure. I'm doing my thing. I just wanted someone to show up and be like, hey, this is cool. Great. Let's uh, let's go somewhere. I mean, that's right. what any good performer wants anyways. <laughs> right. And yeah, and that's it's that combination of picking people who like, I trust the performance and like emotional skills of and then mm-hmm. also communication. Yeah. One more question from Rob's bucket. He asked a few more questions and maybe we'll get back to some more of them. But I think this one's pretty salient. What's the most surprising aspect of the emotional experience of having made such a colossal work? It being finished or both? I don't even know what that question means. How do you feel about this giant work that you've made? This months, years long project coming to a close? How does that like, hit you? Yeah, I how feel do you... good because I want to make another character. Um, <laughs> I feel good because fuck Rizzo. <laughs> I mean... Rizzo belongs in the trash. <laughs> yeah, she's garbage. It's uh, Cleo's time now. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it was sad, but there's been so many changes where I felt like it was natural. It was a natural time to have that change, another bigger change. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like because we're still recording other things, it's not really over. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just making a different character now. Yeah, we're sitting here doing Q&As. Like, we've been doing two or three months of working on doing development for the next project that we have going on. So that's a bit of a salve. But I I did edit the finale and get it posted today. And oh, there's a lot of complicated emotions that it brings up because... It was like a really long journey. Looking at how many years? Two and a half. We started in February of yeah, yep, 2016. Yeah. 
we had our first recording in December of 2015. Mm -hmm. Goddamn. Yes. Yeah. This is true. We've been telling this one story aside from a couple little off-season mm -hmm. uh, player, like, you know, one-shots. Monster hearts, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's really weird to look back and be like, wow, that actually happened. Like, here's we this complete thing. Yeah. And... There was a lot of unexpected stuff. Things didn't always flow the way that we expected it to. And we had to shutter this because of the, the publisher. I also think that with all the changes happening, it made sense for us to to start looking at doing something um, different. But mm -hmm. the, the Onyx Path and White Wolf situation just wasn't tenable. And a couple months ago with like some more developments, if we hadn't already finished actually recording the finale by that point, I probably would have shuttered the podcast at that point because it got that bad and i'm glad we didn't but i also have complicated feelings about this so like I'm, I'm relieved that it's ending because we can move on to something where i don't feel yeah moral conflict mm -hmm. about producing the project because um i don't have to worry about the money that we're if people like the show and they're like oh hey i want to play a game like that i like what these people yes. do here i go buy this thing and it's like oops yeah that's not good they're a garbage company wow but at the same time, I really do like this game and this setting. And there's like a lot of things that I still wanted to explore and look at. And the characters, it's like, oh, man, I'll never be able to go back and revisit some of these characters. No more Shermie. No more Shermie. <gasps> no more Yorglip. Yeah. No more Chords. Mm -hmm. No um, more Believing. No more no. No. Right. So like there's this like really sort of bittersweet emotion. And i think like the most surprising thing is even getting here it feels like that just doesn't happen <laughs> with a lot of projects mm -hmm. and so much of like the complicated feeling is really really eased by us working on a project where we're doing a lot of the the world building like this is a, a collaborative thing we're like working on developing that setting and stuff and getting to stick with the same cast and having what feels like a very bright future ahead of the show but it's still like surprisingly complicated the feelings that i have around it and here's hoping that the next one goes even better i guess tink yeah <laughs> anyone else have thoughts on that i mean i wasn't here at the mic for most of it so i am sorry to see the project end i've enjoyed swallows both as a listener and as a player but i'm really excited about our next project um because all of us are very on board and we've stuck through the end of swallows and have a good history of being reliable like if you had resumes for being on aps i feel <laughs> like we'd have pretty good ones yeah <laughs> yeah okay you're willing to put in the work to like make the scheduling happen right and, like... yeah so i am i am optimistic which is honestly kind of surprising for me yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie talking about that it's also like we did a lot of hey we're telling stories about and by marginalized folks the next project again except for john you <laughs> fucking hetero i'm so sorry what are you even doing here oh my god but you know, that that trend is continuing with this next project and being able to build a world from the ground up allows us to create some more space to explore those kinds of things and to just make it more uh, more about the things that we want to tell stories about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the setting that we have, there's so much in there to work with. Just even like thematically, depending on where you are, what you're playing, any background you have, there's a lot that you can represent in that world that still has reflections on ours. 
Yeah, and that's exciting to me. To pop back to Twitter for a second, Argyle of Amongrad or Amongrad, one of those two, hey, it could be Amongrad or Amongrad. <laughs> Fucking words. <laughs> How do they work? Will the next series be called Spits of the North? Can we get it as a swallow spoof for April Fool's Day? Yes. No. Yeah, you need you need to go to uh, huh? systemmasterypodcast.com for April Fools. We'll be doing our Swallows of the South parody. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. For you too. I will be there for you. I think that Jeff and John would probably just, <laughs> just knock that mother out of the park. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look to System Mastery for that. On the coming of the third dawn look to system mastery (laughs) (laughs) again it's so weird that that wound up being the name for this show because i am just so bad it was an innuendo too well it wasn't an intentional innuendo on my part though and then it's like everyone's like oh ha 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 let's name it after the funny sex thing quits that accidentally (laughs) and i mean my dog's name is qui-gon gin and juice yeah we were at a point at the beginning well right and that's a really interesting thing going back to that last question of looking at the whole project we went from there to some like deeply deeply emotional intense places and that's like super weird to think about oh hey the podcast with the the sex joke for the title and i think to this day we still are advertised on itunes as a lighthearted comedy and i'm very sorry for that (laughs) our fucking website says lighthearted comedy like okay for all the dedication that we've had about making releases happen about getting people together to record i will admit that maintaining the website has not been (laughs) like i i had to drop things somewhere and the somewhere was the website If we have a website for the next one and a cast member is responsible, it will be me, y'all. I will pick my HTML codebook back up and I will figure out how to make buttons work. Oh, trust me, with the easy accessible coding packages available to you on Squarespace, you won't need to. Squarespace, you should. Build it. We're family. Beautiful. The big, beautiful Squarespace. Build a, build, build a big, beautiful piss. A big, oily butt. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We'll be back next week with a second part to this Q&A because we got so many cues that we really just want to douse you in our A's. Oh, yeah. I really want you to dig into them. My A's. My A's. Huge G. Rection. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows with the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or ask Quinn any questions, feel free to contact us at our email at swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. We can also be found on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod. If you'd like to help the show out, feel free to leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes or check our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday.